Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 736. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got another powerful message for you uh, from the book of Luke. And um, I've got songs and letters. But right now, let's pray. Lord, I ask you to anoint me as always. Um, people from all over the world love the way you're anointing. That's your words coming right out of my mouth. This is what uh, it's all about. It's you are in the world in me. And uh, there are maybe others that I don't know, but I know that you're in me and that I'm in you. And therefore, Lord, I ask that uh, you continue to be in me and anoint me, Father, so that people can hear your voice and receive what you're saying, uh, that they may say, be saved in the church, given more power. In Jesus' name I pray that souls may be saved and Satan may be bound. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody says amen. amen. All right, now here I am to sing for you with J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet in the city where the Lamb is the light. There's a country far beyond the starry sky There's a city where there never comes a night If we're faithful we shall go there by and by To the city where the Lamb is alive Well, in the city where the Lamb is alive Oh, in the city where they come at no night Well, I got a mansion over there That's free from toil or care I am going where the Lamb is alive there the flowers bloom forever and a day There'll be one eternal day without a night And our tears shall be forever wiped away Well, in that city where the Lamb is alive Well, in the city where the Lamb is alive Yeah, in the city where there cometh no night Well, I got a mention over there That's free from toil or care But we know that the sun which shines upon us now so bright Will be changed to clouds of rain until we go To that city where the Lamb is alive Well, in the city where the Lamb is alive Yes, in that city where there cometh no night Well, I've got a mansion over there That's free from toil or care I am going where the Lamb is I got a mansion over there that's free from toil or care. I'm going where the lamb is, the light. Amen. Where's, uh, let's see, we're in chapter what? Chapter 9 and uh, verse 18. We're going to start out with again. And it came to pass, as Jesus was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And he asked them, saying he wanted to know if people were able to identify who he was and also i'd like to know who uh what people i would like them to identify who they think i am am i a cult or am i uh the 
continuation of the Lord's incarnation in this world. If I am, well, it's the Holy Spirit in me, and therefore people are not to discount uh, the things that I say or the things that I do, because it's not me that's saying it. Uh, the media tells us, which is the mouth of Satan, it's actually Satan's voice telling you that you need to be an asset to the community. And they say also that you need to be an asset to the environment. Well, let me tell you something. No, that isn't true. Some people say you're supposed to be an asset to people. No, what you're supposed to do is to be an asset to God. If you're an asset to God, you will be an asset to the community. But we're not assets to the community the way that the community, the media, the voice of Satan is telling people to be an asset to the community. And God shows us how much he cares about uh, us being an asset to the environment because he's wrecking environments all over the world. Amen? Amen. So you have to uh, identify your reasonings with the reasoning of the Lord. Now, the Lord wants you to reason in your head. He's asking his disciples, whom uh, say the people that I am? I want to know. I want to know. What do the people say that Tony Alamo is? Am I a cult? Am I of the Lord? Am I a prophet that is risen? Uh, what? Uh, the Lord says that I'm part of his body. The Bible says I'm part of his body. The Bible says I'm a son of God. But who do you say I am? Uh, I'd like to know. Write in, folks, and say what, who you think I am. Because Jesus wanted to know, and the same spirit that was in Jesus is in me now. Uh, what do the people say? Who do the people say that I am? Huh? Whom do the, whom say the people that I am? Verse 19. They answered and said, they answered, said, my Bible says, they answered as saying, well, some say you're John the Baptist. I don't like the way um, Luke writes. I like Matthew, Mark, and John. But Luke was a Gentile, and he just words things a little awkward to me. He says, they answered, said, they're answering, said, John the Baptist. But some say, Elias. And others say, in other words, they say this is Elijah, but um, Herod beheaded John the Baptist, and he was Elias, Elijah. Some say Elias, and which is the same as Elijah. Some say that one of the old prophets is risen again, risen from the dead. So verse 20, Jesus said unto them, his disciples, just like I say to my disciples, the ones that God has given me the power of the word of God to lead to the Lord and to sharpen them, iron against iron. Jesus said, but whom say you that I am? I want to know that from my uh, uh, disciples. They said, we don't follow Tom, we follow his, uh, we follow Jesus. Well, that's true, I do also. But uh, they uh, have to identify me. 
because they have to uh, pay tribute to whom tribute is due, and they have to give double honor to those that rule well in the Lord, so they have to identify me. They also have to do, obey what I say, because the Bible says, obey those that have the rule over you. And if you don't know who I am, then you're not likely to pay any attention to the things that I say. And there's a, some of the people not uh, in the church that they've been there to the point to where they're at a very dangerous stat time in their, quote, Christian walk. And why do I say that? It's because of the fact that they don't pay any attention to what they're being told. Now, there's no way that an army can march shoulder to shoulder and boulder and boulder unless they have a leader. Because if some of them are shooting off this way and some are shooting off the other and some is going this way and that way, that's no army. They're not a trained army that is uh, able to follow orders because if they can't follow orders, then they despise government and they're not Christians either. So it's important for them not to despise government, uh, the government of God. Now, some people believe that it's the government of uh, the Antichrist that they're supposed to obey. And you see people uh, that are in churches today obeying the Antichrist, the secular government that has no, um, they have no endorsement from God whatsoever. Uh, as being the ones to follow because first of all the Lord tells us thou shalt not murder and the, this government this antichrist satanic government tells us that you can legally murder your child because your body is your own and but the Bible says that's wrong to murder your children as a matter of fact God sent the people of Israel into what eventually would be the promised land, to slaughter the people there that were murdering their babies. And so what do you think he's causing these tsunamis and earthquakes and floods and fires and all these diseases, these sicknesses, diseases and infirmities? What do you think he's sending all these things for us? Because of the fact that he's uh, chastening, chastening you uh, to where you'll pay respect to what he says because... He says, if you do good, that won't happen to you. But if you don't do that, which is good, it will happen to you. And it is happening to you. So therefore, uh, this is what you're getting because you're sowing uh, evil and God is sowing evil back at you. And he's going to make it to where some of you drowned and uh, your crops are failing. And the price of gas is going up because you don't listen to him. And, you know, it takes a long time to explain why that happens, but it's a chain reaction. It's part of the curses of God for disobedience. He says that eventually you'll have to uh, scale your food when you eat it because it'll be so little. You have to weigh it out and uh, dole it out. And eventually you'll be eating the dung of doves and chickens and uh, animals and eating your own dung because you are a nation of people and a world of people that think that you're gods, that you're 
wiser than God, that you don't have to listen to what he says, and that you don't have to listen to the messengers that he sent here to uh, be your shepherds to get you into the corral. And if you don't get into the corral, well, then you despise government, you hate government, you hate God's word, and you hate those that are dispensing God's word to you and through us. He says, now the rulers of this world are the ministers of the gospel. That leaves all the secular government leaders out. You may, uh, you can, you can see this, uh, Obama is lying like a dog to you people. He says he's a Christian and when it really he's a Muslim. And you're taking orders from him. It's because you, and they're trying to condemn you if you say anything bad about him already. He's wanting to bring all of us together, but he wants to bring us all together under a one world dictatorship by Satan himself. This man doesn't even know it himself, I believe, but he's being led by Satan because he talks out of both corners of his mouth. Now, I'm not involved in politics whatsoever. I wouldn't vote for him or that other uh, dude that looks like Elmer Fudd. Okay? None of them are uh, anything that I respect. But uh, God chose me to herd you people into the kingdom of God and to not herd you into hell. But you're too wise. You uh, have a better government than God does. After all, we're all sinners, aren't we? No, we're not. Uh, some of us are perfect because we walk after the Spirit of the Lord. But you say, um, who does he think he is? Well, uh, I don't think I am anything. You have to read the Word of God to see who I am. I am your uh, shepherd the one to lead you. You're like a bunch of lost sheep. And the Lord wants me to gather you together by the word of God. He wants you to listen to the word of God so that you can be saved. How's that? So Jesus here is wanting to know, who do you think that I am? Who do you, uh, who say you? To whom say uh, you that I am? Well, Peter piped up. He was one of the most uh, carnal Christians. He wasn't even a Christian yet. He wasn't converted. As a matter of fact, Jesus called him Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me. So Peter answered, though, and the Holy Spirit came down and told him, You're the Christ, the Christ of God. That means the Savior of the world. And we also are saviors of the world, too, if we dispense his word and if we chasten the sheep. And if we, uh, it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It's a comfort to me when the Lord comes down and tells me, you're not reading the word enough. That's a rod of God coming down telling me what I'm doing wrong. His rod, his chastisement, and his staff uh, whip me. They comfort me, Lord, because I know that you want me, you love me, and you have me on the right track. You told me, don't eat beef, uh, don't uh, eat uh, dairy, no dairy whatsoever. And if you work out daily, and if you eat right, you'll live an extra 40 years. Why, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm uh, almost 74 now. Oh, God, I hope I don't live another 40 years. I mean, that's 74, 84, 94, 104, 114 more 
114 years old I'll be. Many of you will be dead. Some disease will catch you. Uh, some tsunami, earthquake, some hurricane, some tornado, some typhoon. Something will get you if you don't repent. But the Lord would like you to be around for a while and be as I am to be filled with the Spirit and wash in the blood of Jesus so that you can uh, carry on the work. So Peter's answering said, and he was correct, the Christ of God. Uh, verse 21, and he uh, uh, straightly charged them. And in other words, saying, and Jesus straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Don't tell anybody. And don't tell anybody, you people that are shepherds of the Lord, real shepherds, ones, people that really say it like it is and do it like it is. Don't tell anybody that you're a son of God. You dasn't do that. You dasn't tell people that homosexuality is of the devil and lesbianism and that the Bible is true. The Bible says that uh, polygamy is fine. And all these people that keep telling people that it's not fine, well, uh, they're of the devil. But they think it's, uh, who in the world do these people think they are uh, that they can downplay God's word? If God said that it's all right, then it is all right. So what the media is also saying is that the people have to be wicked in order to be cool. You know, they say they're basing, they're basing their religion on the Bible, like the Bible is a comic book or something. You better believe we're uh, basing it on the Bible because the things that the Bible said would be happening in these last days are happening right now before your very eyes and you're too stupid to know it. You haven't wised up yet and you won't wise it up until your pigs are on top of the roof floating down the Mississippi or someplace and yourself and you're standing out there soaking wet and saying, my house, oh my God, all my worldly goods and the pictures of my babies and all these things. So you're saying that we have to be wicked in order to be cool or not to be a cult. If you're wicked, then you're not a cult. But if you are righteous, then you're a cult. This is Satan's government, folks. Uh, the media, this media is uh, the uh, mouth of the devil. You hear something on the major media, and it's the mouth of Satan. Uh, these are the mouths of the demons that are in chains, waiting to be in darkness for them to be slung into the lake of fire. They exalt homosexuality and murdering babies, and they and they exalt homosexuality. Yeah, come on, get married, both of you. God said. Uh, be fruitful and multiply, but you faggots get married now. And, you know, come on, have a lot of babies. You know, and then they downplay polygamists. There's so many homosexuals today and lesbians that uh, the earth cannot be replenished. We say, well, there's too many people. No, God is killing you off by the hundreds of thousands at a whack. 
And they downplay polygamy, which is of the Lord. The Lord told David, you know, I gave you the, this bunch of wives and I gave you that bunch of wives. And if you would have asked, I would have given you even more, whatever amount you wanted. But why did you commit adultery with this man's one wife? What kind of weasel devil are you? He said to, uh, he's saying in some many words to David. The Bible is not a satanic novel like you people read. What it is, it is the truth of God. The voices on television are the voices of Satan, and he is the liar. The Bible says that he's the liar, and he's the father of all lies. They continue to run the FLDS church, run them down, and it's just like a steady thing every day. They want you to believe that FLDS church, because they know very good and well that you're not reading the Bible, and you don't see that this is okay with God. But they know that you're watching uh, the media and that they're telling you that homosexuality is the thing to do and murder your children is the thing to do and be lesbians and commit adultery and fornication. And they mock you. They're mocking if LDS churches because they're not of the world. They're not uh, into satanic television and radio and that's supposed to be uh, we're going to take those children and let them watch television so they can get turned on to the same demonic things that we're turned on to. You scumbags, get off of it, will you? Not everybody is as stupid as you think they are any longer. I've The Lord has allowed me to wise up the entire world. Yeah, they say the F, uh, LDS is not of the world. That's right, they are not of the world. And the Bible commands us not to be of the world, to love not the world, to not love the things of the world, because all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They are of the Lord, just like we are of the Lord. Well, there may not be one uh, uh, couple or one person on the face of this earth in our church that are polygamists, but if uh, we were, that wouldn't be any of your business. It's uh, There's supposed to be the freedom of religion in this uh, country. And it says so in the Bible. Now, the Vatican wants you to read their Bible, which is Satan's code book. Now, they get two people that are on radio and on television that are saying how bad the FLDS is. But there are literally millions of people that have left the Vatican. And they say the evil things that uh, they're doing in there, but you never hear or see the uh, news media, the television, or any books or anything saying that. You have to dig a lot. You have to go to the Wiesenthal um, Museum or library and there's several other places in order to read these testimonials of uh, priests and nuns that have uh, done the things or had the things done unto them in th that cult. You get two people uh, from any church that are backsliders, that are haters of God, and they'll tell you anything you want to know. They don't want to stay there any longer. 
and they only let their lying or distorted words be said. The media does. The government and the media are not to take sides against God, because when they do, God is against them. And guess what? When God is against you, who can be for you? The whole United Nations cannot be for you, okay? Doopy. And they will not be around. The people that are against God, and his, his word is God, they're not going to be around any longer. You'll see, a lot of these people are dying like flies right now. But what, what side have you taken? Who are you of? Are you of the devil? Or are you of the Lord? But whom say ye that I am? I'm a shepherd of the sheep. Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. And he commanded them uh, that they not to tell anybody about that. Verse 22 saying, the son of man is also the son of God. Just like we're sons of men. But after we've been born again in the spirit, we have the spirit of God in us. And therefore, Jesus says we're sons of God. Okay, and if you don't believe that, well, then you're not a Christian. Because the Bible says by believing the word of God, which is Christ, Christ is the word of God, that you can be saved. And if you don't believe that you're a son of God, well, then you don't believe the scriptures. And therefore, you're not saved. So it just shows that you're not saved if you don't believe that. And there's a certain, you know, there's not a dignifying thing to be persecuted and prosecuted and all these different things. Uh, but we're the son of man. Uh, and we're going to suffer many things, Jesus said. He said he's going to. And be rejected of the elders. And we are rejected of the elders of the secular government and uh, all these different false religions, the chief priests and uh, scribes and uh, be slain. I'm going to have to be put to death, he says, and be raised the third day. Verse uh, 23, and he said to them, every one of them, all of them, if any man will come after me, in other words, if you're going to be like me, if I'm going to live in you, if I'm going to work in you, if any man will come after I'm gone and the spirit is in you, then let him deny himself. And I'm saying your rotten self, your worthless life and take up your cross, his, your own cross daily and follow moi. Follow me, Jesus said. Okay, because if you don't, you're going to hell. Verse 24, for whosoever will save his life, say, I'm not following you, Jesus. I'm not denying myself. I'm not going to take up any cross and follow you. I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to sing till I cry. I'm going to fill my cup until I, my time is up. I'm going to live life, live until I die, for whosoever will save his life, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it forever. You're going to be in the lake of fire, but in hell in the lake of fire. But whosoever 
will lose his present life instead of trying to get all fancied up so that people can look at Cha. Whosoever lose his life for my sake to do what I'm saying for you to do, the same shall save your life. Your eternal life. You'll be eternal. Verse 25. For what is a man advantaged or profited if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away into hell? Verse 26. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory. I'll be ashamed of you folks. And in his fathers and of the holy angels. Verse 27. But I tell you of a truth. There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Well, you know, carnal people say, what does that mean? You know, those people are dead and they haven't seen the, uh, you know, the kingdom of God hasn't come yet. Ah, but that's where you're making a mistake. The kingdom of God is here on earth right now, living in me and in others. Yeah, living in others. There's people in my church that are saved, born again of the Spirit, that are doing the will of the Lord. And they're part of the body of Christ. They're just as saved as I am. And just as saved as any saved person on this earth. They're good people because they're sons of God. Well, so, uh, and they'll see the kingdom of God. Well, you know, when Jesus died on the cross and they buried him and he went, his spirit went into hell and spent three and a half days there. And then his spirit came out of hell, which no man can do. And then he rose from the dead and they came out. That's, uh, and then they saw him rise several days later in a crowd of over 500 people seeing him ascend into heaven. And that was before they died. So they saw... They, they didn't taste of death until they saw the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God enters into your, uh, into your house, your body. That is the house of God, because God wants to live in your house, your body, your cadaver, your corpse. He wants you to give up your former life so that you can live the life of glory. And it's a very exciting life. You know, some people think that living in the world is exciting. If anyone had an exciting life in the world, I would have, but I didn't think it was exciting. It made me more and more bitter the longer I lived. But now every day is an excitement because there's always something that happens from the Lord that I get a great joy out of every day. And it's uh, you never know what the Lord's going to do. You never know. One day from the next, all of a sudden somebody calls up and says, I want you to have eight houses in Detroit. I want you to have another house in Pittsburgh. Somebody calls up and say, I want you to have this or that and this and that. So it came to pass, and that's why it's so exciting. And you never want for anything. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, I don't know about the rest of you. 
verse 20, because I'm a son of God, and whatsoever I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he gives it to me, because I believe it's so. Verse 28, and it came to pass about uh, eight days after these sayings, about and eight days after these sayings. That's why I don't care that much about Luke's writings. I mean, the rest of my understanding, and I understand this too, but it's just awkward the way he writes. He uh, took Peter and John. As a matter of fact, Luke wasn't around when all these things were happening. He had to interview Matthew, Mark, and uh, John, and Peter, and uh, other people like Paul he was associated with. And so he's just uh, a journalist, so to speak. So after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. That was important for the Lord to pray because without praying, um, prayer is the key to heaven. Mark that down. I want to sing that song, okay? Put it on that list over there on the, the table there. Mountain. They went up to a mountain to pray, all uh, four of them. Verse 29, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. In other words, he became like uh, a spirit form. And his raiment was white and glistening. Like the Germans would say, it was was like uh, glimmering. (laughs) Okay, verse 30. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were actually Moses and Elias. Verse 31, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease. They told him, you're going to die. And they tried to, and they encouraged him because this was rough, you know, to he, because Jesus knowing all things, he knew that they're going to tear his beard out. They were going to beat him with a cat of nine tails. They're going to nail him naked to a cross where everybody could see him. And the Bible says that Jesus despised the shame, the shame of the cross. And, you know, some of us despise it too. Like I went to prison on false charges and everybody was saying, look at that, look at that. Well, you know, I despise it, but I you know, related uh, what I'm going through for the gospel here. Uh, And, you know, they do these, uh, uh, they strip you down and check you. And I told them, you know, they should check, they should check at chickens this good, you know, in markets so that we'd be more uh, confident that uh, we're getting some uh, undiseased flesh. Verse 31, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, you're talking about his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. So they were talking about that. They're saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying. Because, you know, everybody from Adam up till now and in the future are depending on you willingly going to the cross and dying because if you don't shed your precious blood on that cross, 
Nobody, not Adam, not Eve, not you, or not us, Moses, not Elijah, or Elias, or anybody, nobody will be saved. So were they here, they were up there encouraging him and telling him of his decease, what he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But it was an accomplishment of his that he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Boy, he had to be a powerhouse to let these inferior swine pull his beard out and whip him because he could have taken immediate vengeance on them and called for a thousand leagues of angels to come down and destroy every single one of them. But he's going to get to do this very soon. He's coming back to earth again. And he's going to take vengeance on all those that put nail holes in his hands and pierced him. He accomplished that. He didn't back down like so many of you phony people that have become antichrist and have backed down from continuance in the Lord, from continuing on in him. Verse 32, But Peter and they that were with him were uh, heavy with sleep. That's the way the present-day Christians are. They're sleepy. They're carnal bodies. I remember in prison when I was there for the gospel, I was so tired some nights and the Lord said, get up and write. And I said, Lord, it's dark and I, I'm legally blind and I just have a little stub of a pencil here. Get up and write. And so I did it because I'd picture the words in my brain and I'd move my fingers, R-I-G-H-T. And it was much smaller than I usually do when I look at it, but I'd do that and write a message, and then I'd call it in to the church during the day. And since I was doing all that, they've made it now a thing where people can't call out of prison but 15 minutes a week because I was really calling and bringing all these messages. So, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, but I was heavy with sleep too. But when the Lord says, get up and write, I did it. Even blind and with a little stub of a pencil. And when they were awakened, that just goes to show, you know, you people have 20-20 vision. You've got nothing to do. You just go to church. You think that's serving the Lord. It's not. All you're doing is hearing messages and you're not doing anything. And the messages that you're hearing are 99% of the time false. They're laced with uh, false doctrine. Like, uh, you know, once saved, always saved, and many other ones. And when they were awake, they saw his glory. He was translated. And the two men that stood with him, they're 33, and it came to pass as they departed, that is, when Moses and Elias departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here now that we woke up. And let us make uh, three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one 
for Elias. In other words, trying to make it look as though both of all of three of them were equal. When Jesus is the one that created Moses and Elias, and he's God, and they're not. There's a difference. Abraham Lincoln may have said all men are created equal, but the Bible doesn't say that. There's people that are born without arms and legs, or people that are born out of uh, wedlock. They're bastards. They don't have, they don't know who their father is. Not knowing what he said. Yeah, he's not that bright. Verse 34. While he thus spake, there came a, a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. Verse 35. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Not, you know, any of the, anybody else but him. Verse 36. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close. In other words, they didn't tell anybody about it. And told no man in those days any of those things which they, uh, had observed, had seen. Verse 37, And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come uh, down from the hill or the mountain, much people met him. And behold, a man of um, company, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is um, mine only child. Verse 39. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him, that he foameth again, and bruising himself hardly departeth from him. Verse 40, And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. Verse 41, And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how, and I have to change pages now, how long shall I be with you and suffer you or to allow you to be my disciples. Bring thy son hither. Verse 42. And as he was yet a coming. The devil threw the child down. And tore him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. And healed the child. And delivered him again to his father. Verse 43, and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, everyone at all things which uh, Jesus did, not only said, but remember, he did. He said unto his disciples, 
Verse 44. Let these things sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the hands of men. Verse 45. But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them that they perceived it not. And they feared to ask him uh, of that saying. Verse 46. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. Well, if he's going to depart from us and die, which one of us is going to be the leader? Which one of us is going to be the greatest? Instead of mourning that he's going to be taken away. But uh, really, he was taken away because he had to if people are going to be saved. And that's evident when Moses and Elias were there encouraging him to go through with it, which he would have anyway. Verse 47, And Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him and said, verse 48, Unto them, whosoever shall receive this child in my name, receiveth me. Boy, how many people discount children. Amen? I've always allowed my children to think for themselves. But I teach them the Bible. Whosoever shall receive... This child, or any child, in my name, receiveth me. Also be careful, you know, not to discount children. Should you let them up on the roof with the men and, you know, way up high? No, uh uh-uh. That's men's work. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth him that sent me. I am the Son of God. If you receive me, then you are respecting my dad. Uh, there's some people, you know, that I know that don't respect uh, my son. You know, they treat my son. They used to badly, but uh, I don't like that. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Well, so don't try to be great. Uh, try to be the least, in other words, the Lord is telling you. Try to condescend to be a little child so I can re- my father can receive you. Receive me so that my father will receive you into heaven. Verse 49, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, we rebuked him, because he followeth not with us. Well, that's the wrong thing to do. Verse 50, And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not. He's mentioning my name. He's casting devils out in my name. For he that is not against us is for us. Get that to your skulls right now for every day of your life. All right? Verse 51, And it came to pass when the um, time was come, that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face 
to go to Jerusalem. Uh-oh, he knew it was time to go. Verse 52, and sent messengers before his face. Now they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Verse 53, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Verse 54, and when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did, Elijah did? Verse 55, but he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what uh, manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Okay, now I'm going to have to take this up on the next message to continue on here, because we have some letters. Now where's the first letter from, please? From Lincoln, Arkansas. Okay, Lincoln, Arkansas. I wonder where that is. Okay, well, let's hear it. I just recently discovered Tony on the radio, 107.3. Now I can't get enough of him. Please send me some of his tapes. I'd love to hear sermons on Revelations, if he has some, and other great sermons. He states it like it is, his thoughts and opinions, and how life relates to the Bible. I have never heard anyone like him. Please, please send me some tapes. Thank you so much, Jody from Lincoln, Arkansas. Well, praise the Lord. The Lord bless you, Jody. God bless you. All right, now you have some, uh, another letter? Yes, from Bozeman, Montana. Well, that's where I'm from up there. Not Bozeman, but Billings and Helena. And um, I lived uh, in Wyndham and Butte a little while. Okay, let me hear what they say. Hello, Pastor Tony. My name is Joe, and I would like to become part of your church because I am searching for the truth. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, and I didn't like it because as I grew older, I knew the more I studied, the more I understood that I was in the falsehood. Why, because the Bible does say there is a hell, especially in the last chapter of Revelation, the lake of fire where people burn forever and ever. And um, they're very hard. Jehovah's Witness people are very hard to lead to the Lord. They're obnoxious. Okay, yeah, sure, come on. And then what? I don't want to go to hell forever. I am baptized in Jesus Christ, but I fell away, and now I want to come back into the fold because I love God and I want to do what is right and help others see the truth and go to heaven and live among believers forevermore. So please contact me at my email address so I can reply as soon as possible. Joe from Bozeman, Montana. All right. Make sure that he receives the orientation and uh, the instructions and uh, just find out how old he is. We have to make sure that they're of age. Uh, Elsewise, they have to have their parents' consent to come to the church. And, you know, the government, uh, we just don't want any troubles. Uh, from uh, parents or the government. And uh, 
let's see, I guess that's it. It's time for prayer. It's time for to be uh, saved time. Just say these words, and then you can become as Christ is. We have to become, we're not imitating, but we have to have the actual, real, bona fide, genuine spirit of God in us so that we can definitely know that we are a son, a branch of God. So uh, this is the way it begins. You just pray to God this prayer. Say unto him, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. He died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all our former sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open up the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father God, Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that uh, you'll cast no one away. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I know I'm calling on you, Lord, and you know it as well. And I, therefore, I know you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Now, um, just praise and thank the Lord and Sharon. Raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord and Sharon. Tell uh, our radio audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 736. It's free of charge, including the postage and handling. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another a direct instruction, a true instruction uh, the, of the straight and narrow way that it takes in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. And don't fail to do that. Each message is a stepping stone. All right, uh, here I am to sing uh, Great Speckled Bird. Now, this Great Speckled Bird is actually a combination of every race on this earth. Not religion, but every race. We Religion is of the devil, but salvation brings us all into one body, which is the body of Christ. And I'm singing here, The Great Speckled Bird. What a beautiful thought I am thinking Concerning the grave Remember her name is recorded On the pages of God's holy word Desiring to lower her standard They want Every move that she makes 
They love to find fault with her teaching But really they find no mistake I am glad that I learned of her meekness I am glad that my name is on her book For I want to be one never fearing On the face of our Savior to look When he comes up descending from heaven On a cloud as he rides in his blood I'll be joyfully carried up to meet him On the wings of that great speckled bird On the wings of that great speckled bird 